Hello there, you're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We're also going to be talking about the new season of the hit show Cobra Kai. I'm having a stroke this morning. What <laughs> I know, right? Why did you write Cobra Kid on our script? Because <laughs> I'm having a stroke. That's what's going on. Uh, so it's Cobra Kai, which is based on the film franchise that originated with the film Karate Kid, which we'll also be talking about. start (laughs) (laughs) you're all over the place bud for real all right for news the golden globes took place and so we're just gonna well yeah it took place in a sense it was not televised of course because of the drama that happened last year but they did tweet out the winners Mm -hmm. so it'll give us some clues as to what will happen with our oscar draft the nominations will come out later this month, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's when they... I think it's February, early February. Yeah. Or late February. Because the actual award show is until late March, early April, right? Yes. So it's probably not going to come out for another month or month and a half. So we have some time. And we still have to see the SAG Awards and some of the other award shows that are going to happen. We got our that SAG noms a couple days ago, too. That is true. But the award season is in full swing. So we're getting more and more clues about how it's going to take shape at the oscars Mm -hmm. and it's looking pretty good for the both of us to be honest yeah it looks like it's getting more of a dead heat than our box office draft Mm -hmm. okay mr (laughs) spider-man i mean with for sure the power of the dog is like my heavy hitter and then west side story is going to be your heavy hitter which is a shock to me Uh, well i told you i was like i believe in the west side story it'll be it'll be a hit I'm, I'm gonna go see it next week. I'm gonna go see it. I swear, I need did to it. see it. Did you see Power of the Dog yet? I did. I watched it yesterday. Oh, there you go. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. You didn't like it? I thought it was just okay. It got better as it went on, though. That is true. But I mean, the people in the Golden Globes—they liked it. It got Best Drama. It also won Best Director for Jane Campion, and it won Best Supporting Actor for Cody Smith McPhee. So I also did not think he was that good. <laughs> I mean, it was all right, but yeah, I don't see. It wasn't like a crazy good performance, but I can sort of see how. I know they think things are like bubbling under the surface with his performance, but yeah, yeah. I don't know if it should have taken it. If it was bubbling, it was way too subtle. <laughs> well, that's I what I was say. telling you when when we were talking about it that one time. It just it is very subtle, and it's a clear choice that they went with. But I felt at times it was too subtle to remain engaging but it is looking to be the front runner heading into the oscar so they do have to face the west side story which won for best comedy slash musical it also won best actress for um, rochelle zegler uh rachel zegler yeah <laughs> and then best supporting actress for ariana debose 
and she definitely seems like she'll get that Oscar nomination. I don't think Rachel Zegler, because they split it between drama and musical, that's why she was able to get the Globe. But mm-hmm. it's a pretty crowded field for Best Actress. I don't know if she'll be able, if she'll be able to sneak in there, but yeah, it's weird. Nicole Kidman won. Well, she's like definitely becoming the front runner, which is Nicole crazy. Kidman for yeah. being the Ricardos, really. Yes. Well, she won this. She got the SAG nomination, which Kristen Stewart didn't even get. That's really upsetting because I thought Kristen Stewart was amazing. I did not. (laughs) Oh, fuck you. But I do think she should get nominated. That would be crazy if she gets snubbed. But she'll still get nominated, I'm sure. But probably not win, which is gnarly. Nicole Kidman, out of nowhere. No one believed this would happen. Nicole Kidman wins, I swear to God. And then in other news, screenplay, it was Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, for Score, Hans Zimmer for Dune, which is looking wow. good for me for the Oscar race. I think Dune will probably win for best score. I was I really hope. hoping that the French Dispatch would pull all stops, or Nightmare Alley would pull all stops, and neither of them did. So I guess Hans Zimmer is going to take that award and not look back. Indeed. And best actor, Will Smith, won for drama. And Andrew Garfield won for musical. So well-deserved, I guess, for both of them. But I'm truly rooting for Andrew Garfield in the Oscar race. Sure. All right, now we can move on to our box office breakdown for the week. The first weekend of uh, 2022, we had January 7th to the 9th. And Spider-Man No Way Home, still number one in its fourth weekend with 32 million. That means it has 620, 668 million domestically. That is the number six highest domestic total of all time. It has 1.5 billion worldwide, making it the number eighth highest grossing film of all time. And it's still going. It ain't stopping there, that's for sure. Great stuff. You'd love to see it. <laughs> I really thought it would sell around 1.4. I didn't think it would get this high. It's still going. And this is all without China. Which all is without the, China. And during the surge in covid so crazy performance yep after spider-man the home was sing 2 with 11 million that makes they have 108 million domestically and is the first animated film in the pandemic era to cross 100 million indeed we had our first major release of 2022 in the 355 and it got 4 million which makes it a major flop (laughs) which is to be expected but yeah, no one really wanted to see that. After that, The King's Man coming in with 3.2 million. And then American Underdog with 2.3 million. Matrix Resurrections, sadly, 1.8 million. West Side Story, 1.3 million. Ghostbusters Afterlife still hanging in, 1.1 million. I mean, I might take it yet. You never know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Licorice Pizza with 1 million. And then House of Gucci re-enters the top 10 with uh, 600,000. It passed 50 million domestic. And this weekend, it's also that movie and Venom, <laughs> Let There Be Carnage. They're expanding in their theater count, That's funny. which is funny. It goes to show how little stuff comes out in January. or how it's all Lady crap. Gaga got nominated for a SOG. SAG? Why did I say SOG? <laughs> you see she got nominated for a SAG? Uh, I did. Well, that's to be expected, right? I mean, she's still going to get nominated at the Oscars. Even if she's terrible? 
Yeah. Even if she's genuinely <laughs> terrible. Even if she's literally one of the worst performances I've seen from anybody. You saw Jared Leto got nominated? Yeah, I also saw that. <laughs> but honestly, he was the best part of that movie. So No, I despise the man. I can't believe that he got nominated. And he might for the Oscars, which, I mean, bodes well for me. I mean, it is that one would of be the hilarious. films I have. But on principle, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> be so funny. Oh, God. She's just so bad. Oh, well. Let's talk about our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. The big entrance. You all right? I'm fine. <laughs> the the big uh, new entry into the movie sphere is Scream. There is a three-day and four-day weekend total because of the MLK weekend. We'll give you both next week. Scream 2 and 3 opened around $33 million, with Scream 4 opening around $18 million. Remember, Scream has to still compete against Spider-Man, which is probably still going to make $20 million, $15-20 million this weekend in and of itself. But other than that, it doesn't have a lot of competition. Uh, it has better reviews than a lot of the other Scream movies, so it's supposedly a good entry into the franchise. And I think people are dying for a horror movie at this time of year. You know, there's not many out there. I think it can make $25 million. 25 gotcha. I'm going to go higher than that. Really? I think that MoFo will be able to make around $35 million in the three-day. And I think it'll break $40 million for sure in the four-day. I think it'll make $1.2 billion <laughs> in the four-day weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it'll do better than any of the recent screen movies that their openings. I think there's just no competition right now in terms of, you know, there's nothing else new being released and there's no horror movies at all. So it's like this is a good time for it to release, I guess, especially because MLK weekend, you know, long weekend. People are not else to do. Go see Scream. Exactly. <laughs> and it'll be able to play out during the empty January, especially mm -hmm. since Morbius left. Yeah. So. Especially yeah. since it's getting pretty good reviews from what I hear. I know, which is also... Makes me want to go see it, kind of, even though I haven't... I mean, I got to go see all the other Scream movies. I've always seen the first one. But... I know. I kind of also want to go see the other Scream movies so I can see this one. Ryan, let's let's binge watch all the Scream movies and then go watch Scream. It can be part of one of our grab bags. We talk about all the Scream let's movies. Exactly. But yeah, look forward to that. It seems like it'll have a good opening. So the first success story of 2022, that'll be nice to report on. But yeah, keep an eye out for Scream. Okay, now let's move into our main topics. First, we'll talk about Karate Kid, the film that started it all. And really, the only film I think we've each seen of the franchise. Is that right? That is true. I need to see the second and third one still. Mm -hmm. They, by all accounts, were not as good. But Karate Kid, the first one, is an absolute the second classic. second one looks cool, bro. It does look cool. cool. But they're saying it just doesn't reach up the levels but it, that is the next best one but then after that they you know no one really likes karate kid 3 but mm -hmm. again the original an absolute classic i really love this film like the more and more i have seen it and think about it i just love it it always leaves me feeling nice warm and happy truly a joyous experience how about you dylan yeah i think it's good have a fun time. It's one of those movies that it's more like I can watch it and enjoy it. And it's not like I need to pick it apart for what it is or what it's worth or anything about that. It's one of those like, you know, it's an 80s movie that is just a feel good movie that needs no sort of 
huge analysis as to what it is. I can just talk about what I like about it, like Indiana Jones or some of the Star Wars movies or something like that. You know, it's just right. feels good. Exactly. Feels good. It's also one of the few sports movies I enjoy. I do not like sports movies. Didn't like Rocky. Didn't like uh, Raging Bull. Didn't like any baseball movie or any football movie at all. But Karate Kid, solid. Interesting. We'll have to one day. We'll have to dissect why. It's very don't true. Like yeah. these sports movies. Maybe it's because I just, I just don't care about sports. I guess. Maybe it's maybe part of the reason. I I would prefer. I would rather watch actual sports live than watch a sports movie. Gotcha. Well, I think part of what certainly makes this one work as both a sports movie, but a just movie in and of itself, is I mean, there's a lot going on beyond just the karate that's taking mm-hmm. place. So that is a massive part of it, but it is something that's feeding into what else is going on with Daniel LaRusso's character and the little coming of age journey that he's on. And the big core of this film is, of course, that strong sensei student dynamic between Miyagi and Daniel. Mm -hmm. And then as the film goes on, we see how that really blooms into the surrogate father son dynamic. Yeah. And I mean, it is just a heartwarming film most of the time, but it does tap into some emotional depth when we learn of Miyagi's wife. We see him just getting drunk and singing, uh, celebrating the anniversary that they have. And then Daniel has to put him to bed. Um, and we learn about his wife who died, and then she also died during childbirth. So he was going to have a family, but then that was taken away from him. So now Daniel comes into his life, and he gets to have that fatherly experience. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I like about this movie as opposed to other sports movies is I think I've talked about this before probably a thousand times, but when it comes to sports movies, it's either at the very end they win or they lose. Yeah, damn it. That is what you say. (laughs) It's what I say every single time. It's like every movie I've seen both a thousand times, but in this movie, it's one of those where it doesn't matter whether he wins or loses. It's more about his mental state and how he can like come to peace with himself and the world around him. Exactly. Yeah. Which is more important to me than than winning or losing it's about yeah. that philosophy because they go into like it's not like they go into the all valley tournament just to win or anything like it's strictly they go into it because that'll one allow them not to get beat up during the rest of the winter but then it's also so that he can just prove that he's able to defend himself he's able to learn all those skills and traits of karate and put them into practice not as revenge but as that last resort um, and so that I think is a great thing that we see throughout the little training that goes on. Um, it's also still so effective. The scene where he's doing all those chores, like that whole sequence where he's doing the chores and then gets frustrated with it. And then Miyagi finally lets him in on the secret of, Oh, you've mm-hmm. just been learning the basic fundamentals of all these karate moves all this time. And he's showing him like, show me wax on wax off. Show me painting the fence. That still mm-hmm. works so well. So satisfying. Uh, and then beyond that, it also, like all that karate stuff is great, but then it also has what I feel is a believable gradual romance with Ali, which not only helps complicate the whole rivalry between Daniel and Johnny, but on its own, it's an interesting little subplot. Like they're charming together, but then you also see through their relationship, I mean, it also talks about the wealth disparity and how he's in this new place where there's a bunch of rich people and he just feels out of place and he feels inadequate. <laughs> Another great scene, the whole bit about him picking her up and his mom's driving, but they have that 
terrible station wagon and they have to push the car to get it to start mm. and the family ali's parents is just watching that go down like that stuff is very very great and then the rivalry with johnny in cobra Cop. johnny johnny lawrence i love and this is a big element of cobra kai as well and they established it in the original in karate kid but they show that johnny lawrence while he definitely is a bully and is led astray they're emphasizing that it's really the teacher's influence. It's Crease that is really at fault for this. There's no bad students, only bad teachers. So I like that they emphasize that. And they, even in the end, when Johnny, like he number one tries to resist the whole sweep the leg thing. Like you see his face, he's like, I don't really want to do that. He ends up doing it. But then when he loses, he humbles himself, gives the trophy over to Daniel, says, you're all right, kid. So I like that. Again, they showed that he himself wasn't evil. The influence that you have from certain figures in a life, in this case, father figures, definitely has an impact. And in Cobra Kai, they doubled down on that many, many times. So I love that they carried that thread throughout. And yeah, overall, Karate Kid, a lovely experience. Yeah. I think the thing I like about rewatching it now, having watched Cobra Kai, is we have Johnny's side of things. We like we understand his perspective now. Because I remember when you watch the first season of Cobra Kai, it it's from mostly Johnny's perspective, and you're learning how he viewed those events, and it's replaying those events from his perspective. And so when I rewatched the movie, I was like, yeah, I can kind of understand, you know, what he was feeling during some of these things. I mean, at the beach scene, you know, Daniel does just punch him in the nose. And then he was okay. No, what I do think is funny is that Cooper guy definitely leans in on that idea, which there's a YouTube video, like the famous YouTube video about, oh, Daniel LaRusso is the first or is the real bully. But they also talked about that in an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Mm -hmm. You remember that thing? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 100%. William Zabka and Ralph Macchio were there and Barney's (laughs) insisting that. I love that episode. (laughs) William Zabka was a true karate kid. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I love that they carry that through. Um, but it also would make sense. Like Johnny, especially with all the years in between, like he probably would end up seeing himself as the victim of that situation or that he was less in the wrong than he actually was. So I'm I do just love saying, that they play that. I would, I would make the argument that they were both in the wrong in certain parts. Well, I agree with that. And that they were definitely sure. like tormenting each other. And that carries through into Cobra Kai in, in, in the sense that they kind of torment each other doing yeah. different things. It definitely, like, he started out as sort of bullying, but Daniel gives back as much like as he, he gets. Like, he sprays him with water he, at the dance. Yeah, the whole dance thing was out of line for Daniel to do. Um, but then also when Johnny tried to run him off the road when he yeah, was on his bike, point. I mean, that was a little vicious and uncalled for. Like, there was, Daniel was just driving home. Yeah, very good point. But, yeah. All right. So now we can talk about Gubra Goy. So we're mostly going to talk about the first, or well, the fourth season, rather. But just to talk about as a whole, this television series that started on YouTube and then now has switched over to Netflix. 34-something years since the original came out. Then I think the last Karate Kid-related thing that wasn't Jaden Smith was in the 90s, like early 90s. So a lot of time since... They had had a Karate Kid 4 with Hilary Swank. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Which is apparently terrible. Yeah, apparently. So since that time, 
all that distance in between. Now we have this show with the original actors returning. It's on, again, just YouTube Red, like when that was first starting out. So there was no expectations for this to be good. But it has, has become a phenomenon, and for good reason, because it is legitimately good. But I want to yes. see what you think makes this return so successful. Like, it's an update the franchise. They're bringing back the old characters, but it's also a soft reboot in a way. Like, they're incorporating a bunch of these new characters, and they're able to make it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was successful. So what do you think is some of the reasons for that? I think it's just good shit, man. I mean, <laughs> it, it knows what it needs to be. It is. It has times of being humorous. It has times of being serious. And it knows what it, it needs to be, which is an 80s movie. It's trying to be an 80s movie so hard. It's making, you know, very simple sort of plot lines for these characters that are effective. It has very strategically designed the through lines for each character about where they're going to go on their journeys in each season and how it's going to end up. And if you're watching it, it does feel kind of like, wishy-washy like there's two sides there's cobra kai and yagido and all the kids are just kind of moving back and forth between them based on where their mental state is at in the show and it just kind of mm-hmm. gets wishy-washy and funny how often they switch sides all the time but at the end of the day you know it's just about these kids who are like they're just teenagers and they have no idea how to like grapple with the idea of being teenagers in this real world that's just so odd and there's bullies and there's friends and then there's egos and all these things that they can't you know understand yet and they're looking for these parental figures who can help guide them through it and they settle on ralph macho and william zavka and uh john crease and and they like latch on through these like mentorship senseis in karate and then it's all about how that mentorship affects their mental state and how that mental state affects the lives around them and that's like what they understand about the show and that's what makes it so great and also, it's just awesome. Like they, they just took the fights from the original movies and they just amped them up. They just made them better, made them cooler. Definitely. But yeah, there's also like you know, there's also just like little like teenage drama that they throw in there for for like pure entertainment's sake. You know, making people swap boyfriends and girlfriends and the drama that comes with that. And they know not to like let anything go. Like there's no letting anything go. If there's something happens and it could cause a problem, they will make it cause a problem because that adds to the drama and they know how to add to the drama and make everything, you know, as intense and as on the edge of your seat as possible. And it also Agreed. it could go it could go either way anytime. Like if there's a fight, anybody could win, believably. They're all good at karate. Anything can happen. We have no idea who's going to win until it happens. There is no one sidedness to it at all, which is great. Right. Yeah. I definitely I think you hit the essence of why it is so great. Because it's just as fun and heartwarming as that original film. I'd say it's more it, fun. It is more it has, fun. It well, because they definitely play up a lot more the, of the, the comedy elements. Yeah, they play up, like, because, you know, you can't make an 80s movie in the 80s because you're just making a movie. But now yeah. you can you understand the tropes, you understand the the little cheesiness of it, and you can play that up, and they do that in this movie, and I think it's great. Yeah, for sure. And so that, I think, is great. Like, the creators themselves were massive fans of that original, and it comes through in every single episode. Um, like all the callbacks are great and whatnot, but yeah, they hit the exact tone that that original had and are able to play it up even further, as you said, because now we have that hindsight of what the eighties were. And so they can incorporate that extremely well, but then they're also able to include those elements of the original as well, like that whole teen romance thing and those little plot threads. We see that with the swapping boyfriends, as you said, 
Um, we still get to see those rival dojos and their warring philosophies and whatnot. Like they always talk about the battle for the soul of the valley. Um, and so you get to see each character on their own personal journey. Like they're struggling to figure it out. But they do that on one side of that battle, uh, which is always fun just seeing which characters will make the swap in the season. Um, and then, as you said, they also just know how to play up the ridiculousness of it, which is essentially, especially in the early seasons, what Amanda, Daniel's wife, was all about, like always just pointing out how absurd it is that two grown men are still feeding into their high school rivalry and are now incorporating so many kids in the Valley to do it. Like that is absurd. And they mm-hmm. acknowledge that. Uh, and so it's all around just fun, heartwarming, a great experience, but it is able to incorporate some of that emotional depth with it as well, which we'll talk about one particular moment in season four that definitely hit that mark. But in other seasons, like season two, the ending, that school fight, which number one, just incredible. <laughs> like they really stepped mm-hmm. up their game with the fightings. Like seeing any fight now compared to the very first season, I mean, you can definitely tell that this got a yeah. bigger budget and they were able to put even more care into mm-hmm. choreographing these fights. It also works in their favor because they're better at karate, which is right. naturally. They just get better and better and better. So the fights get more and more intense. It does. Yeah. So that was a great moment and then by the way we're doing spoilers and whatnot the ending of that where miguel just gets kicked off just straight up breaks his back essentially that's insane i could not believe that when that happened Mm -hmm. jaw dropper yeah Um, i remember when uh, i walked into the room one day and spencer was watching season four like he was finally catching up after i had seen it and he was watching miguel just fight and then he looked at me and he was like remember when miguel was paralyzed (laughs) and i was like yeah that was last season it's weird how quick these things develop. It's true. And he got, essentially, Johnny was the one who like helped him through the rehab. Was like, look, yeah. just, just stand. Just stop being a pussy. Just, yeah, that was funny. Be <laughs> pussy and get up. Um, but yeah, that was great. And then my favorite moments of any of the previous seasons are any time that Johnny and Daniel encounter each other. That's, That's what I'm saying. Part of why I think the show works so well. They every the, season, every season, there's one episode where they just ha- they're like forced to hang out together for a whole episode, and then they find out they're <laughs> friends, kind of. And then at the end of it, it gets ruined because of the actions of other people, and so they're not friends anymore. And exactly. that's why I was so looking forward to season four because they're forced to interact with each other for so long, and it was so great. I know they do. It was so perfect. But yeah, that's also part of why I think it's so successful. Is the core of this show is that little on and off relationship that they have because they're so similar they, they really are mm-hmm. but they're both they, have a, they also have a great chemistry together they do i know in a weird Which, way yeah but they're both so stubborn and headstrong and caught up in their own ways but they do when you see them actually have to be aligned and spend time together and they're not butting heads they mesh so well together so it's such a shame that Either the past grievances or new developments from the other characters that are coming on always messes things up. But that's what keeps you watching the show because you get strung along. You want to see them finally just end up without any other complications, just end up as friends together. We keep getting closer and closer to it. We'll mm-hmm. see at season five because right now they're at a good point. But we'll see if season five what will make them have to pull away from each other again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, another great part well we will talk about it but i don't think johnny's gonna be around for the first part of season five for a specific reason so it's gonna be 
you know, spoiler alert is going to be Danny and Chosen. Exactly. Uh, okay. So anything else about the previous seasons you want to bring up? No, I think that's about it. I think you, you covered it all. And I think I got to chime in when I needed to. It was, it was fun. All right. And now we'll talk about season four. So a lot of different things happened this season. Dylan, what was your least favorite of the storylines? Um, I mean, I think they're all great, but honestly, if I had to be perfectly honest, the thing that is played out to me at this point is the love square between <laughs> the the Tori, Amanda. Well, not Amanda. Wait, Tori, Sam, Miguel, Rob, Robbie. Miguel, and Robbie. Yeah, I don't know why I said Amanda. Yeah, their their little love square is a little played out. They've swapped and swapped back and forth way too many times. Well, now, this is I the just... first like complete swap, right? Because Robbie and Tori were never. I'm just previously. so kind of done with it. I mean, it's I just getting it's... to the it's getting to the point where it's like, come on, guys, like <laughs> you got you got to just get over it at this point. Like, I mean, it's just it it happened. It's what happened. Come on, bro. They're high school teens. I know. I know there's no way on. that's gonna happen. Come on, it's just. It's been too much, you know. Come on, nah. I care so much about all the other storylines so much more. I thought that was fine, like particularly the prom thing where they go there as a way to throw them off their balance. I thought that was a smart way to, like, get Miguel and Sam to not perform as well in the tournament, which it didn't really play up that much because it's other factors that cause them to lose out. But I thought that was a really smart way to show, like, okay, Robbie and. Tori, they technically have moved on from them. Like they've attached, uh, detached their feelings enough, and now they're just focusing on winning. Whereas Sam and Miguel haven't done that, so they're clearly affected by seeing them together. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then also, I mean, most of the prom stuff, like the random dance choreography, and then mm-hmm. them fighting in the after party, <laughs> and ending up in the pool. Yeah. Like I thought, all of that was pretty, pretty swell. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good development. What, what they can do though, moving forward, is swap again like they just can't that, do that. would that'd be, be way too much <laughs> they can just... no if they take it to absurd levels that'd be hilarious because <laughs> yeah. if they start... swap one more time it's like you can't you just can't be mad anymore you just they can't gotta... be mad anymore <laughs> yeah. they gotta expand the square they gotta throw more hawk in, in there yeah. throw Dimitri. <laughs> no leave hawk alone bro hawk was the best part of every season hawk is my favorite character for he is sure. he is not to me i don't i think he's okay but i'm no. like okay it's the he gimmick. He has the, the hair and he's best, the bro. bully and whatever. He's the best, bro. Nah. When he says, I'm the guy who's going to win this whole fucking thing. And then he gets up and it has the hawk thing. Goes, God. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And then he fucking wins the whole thing, dude. Oh, he's so good. That's cool. Let's talk about that for a second. Because I, I didn't like that they had him turn to the good side in the previous season. I thought it came too quickly. And then no. in this season, I thought I liked what they were going to explore with him losing the mohawk and losing self-confidence and having to build that up you know away from that identity that he built up that was you know sort of something that turned him into a bully mm-hmm. uh, but i felt like they didn't go hard enough into that to make me really enjoy the fact that he ended up winning the tournament like in the beginning of the season we see him interacting with kenny and he's still kind of acting a like a bully like a schmuck it's because he has that, he, even though he's on like the good side, he still has that hawk persona that he's trying to keep up. And then he gets his ego in check when he gets his head shaved by the actual bully bullies. And he understands like what it feels like to be powerless. And he just no longer wants to be a part of karate because 
in part, he does not want that happening to him. And he also does not want that to do to happen to anybody else. So he has that experience of like, oh, this is terrible. Nobody should go through this. And then he comes around it. He he starts to be more courageous, starts to take risks being in Miyagi-Do and learning from Daniel. And he starts to understand what it means to be part of Miyagi-Do. And then he's he's still like unsure of himself at the tournament. And then Moon comes up. And then gives him the final bit of courage that he needs to go and win the whole fucking thing. And then he does it, bro. <laughs> Hawk has the perfect storyline. Yeah, I don't know about that. Hawk is I, I don't really believe that part of it was like, oh, wow, I don't want this to happen to other people. Or, well, I don't it want certainly that was. What the I mean, fuck? It, was, it was just his, like you said, his identity, his the thing that he had made himself it into. It was his bully was taken persona. Away. was literally shaved off. And in that shaving, he lost his part of his ego. He was put in his place. Well, sure. But then he didn't. He go through the thing of oh i was completely in the wrong for doing that bully stuff i need to definitely distance myself from that part of the identity like that was wrong not the karate stuff but he didn't really demonstrate that like well, Dimitri uh, yeah, was just he's like a child dude. boy he th- you were my he hero thinks, dude he thinks that the bully stuff is his karate persona he thought that like his as a child he's thinking as a teenager he's thinking you know I was a bully because I did karate and I hurt people with it. I don't want to hurt people with my karate anymore. And then he's able to reconcile that when, 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 what's his name? Dimitri. When Dimitri is like, you're my hero, you know, you have to do this. You have to do this for Miyagi-Do. And he's like, you're right. We're binary bros, you know? And then he, he goes and he fucking does it, even though he's like not even confident in himself anymore. He's so, he's still wishy-washy on whether or not he should do karate still because he doesn't want to be Hawk again. But he still fucking does it, bro. He's awesome. <laughs> but again, I just don't think that was part of what was happening in those final scenes. Like when he was not confident, that was just him not being confident anymore. It wasn't the fact like, oh, I don't really want to step into that role again because I might become the bully. I mean, it's both. Had they fleshed that out more, I would be with you. It'd be a great thing. It's both. But they didn't really tap into that too much, which I was surprised It's certainly about. both. Like, I mean, if you look at him after his head shaved, he's just nicer to everybody because he has had his ego put in check. I don't know if he's nicer. He's just more timid. He's back to his, like, old ways of just being quiet and shy. I don't know if that, again, he's, that, he's certainly, like, that isn't enough of not. the journey of him being nice to people. Like, if we would have seen any interaction with him with Kenny or trying to make up for that, then that'd be okay. But, I mean, we're we probably going to get that in, like, season five. I'm sure he will, but again, like it's... now that he's a winner and he won, you know, his like his way instead of Hawk's way, he can go and you know make amends to everybody and like. But it would have been more powerful if before he became this champion that he was already making those amends. Is all I'm trying to say. But I yeah, do but still... now they can they can follow the storyline of everybody like people he bullied still think he's an asshole who just won a cry tournament and he has to prove them wrong by showing that he's not an asshole anymore and he won that cry tournament as himself instead of Hawk. Sure, because like that he never can be he, down with, but he didn't I win a tournament as Hawk. He won a tournament as himself. Well, is that what they were saying? Because my man, they did the whole conceit of taking off their shirts just so he can flash the Hawk tattoo on his back. That is true, implying that he still has the Hawk energy, but he's, he's not. He's taken the bully both. Hawk. He's taken both personas and he's married them together. He has the confidence of Hawk, but the kindness and the gentleness <laughs> of his real self. What's his actual Eli. name again? Eli, the actual. <laughs> Kindness of Eli. Remember when they they call his name? They call him Eli Moskowitz, like at the tournament. That's true. And so he's not Hawk anymore, but he still has Hawk's confidence and Hawk's. Well, strength. who called him it? Like the announcers, because I don't yeah, think the announcers. the announcers would <laughs> say Hawk. They did in the first in. in the first season when he was fighting as true? Hawk. They called him Hawk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not shitting on you. 
But okay, I mean, I'm glad that it worked for you. It didn't quite work for me. I can get behind though them fleshing that out more in the next season if they do try to play with the fact that okay, people still see him as that bully, and now he has to really do the work of making amends. I just don't think that he did that work in the season and didn't really do enough of the like introspection part of it as well. We're I think it was just in- him losing his confidence and then getting it back. I don't think it was him reclaiming like the hockey identity apart from well, the Hawkeye how he used it as confidence. a bully. He used that confidence to bully, and now he's not using it to bully anymore. He's using that confidence to to bolster himself up and be a confident individual. And that's how he won that tournament, is with confidence and being himself, which he never had at the start of the season. He was never confident. He was just himself. And then he became Hawk, and he was confident, but he wasn't himself anymore. And now he's marrying those two identities together by being Eli with Hawk's confidence. And now he's the ultimate human being. He's peak human <laughs> evolution. Sure. I'll fight you to death on this. I think he's great. <laughs> I mean, I think it's okay. But also, also with the show, nothing ever really gets that deep. Nothing nothing ever really gets like that introspective too much. I would say like they're going to do some work in season five, but it's going to be more like him you know, making reparations as Eli with Hawk's confidence. Because now he has both, and we get to see him have both in season five. I was worried coming into this season that Hawk wouldn't have a major role because a lot of his bully persona had been wrapped up at the end of the last season. Like it had been put to the side and he had joined the right side now and he was a good guy again. And so I thought, you know, they would not continue with a major Hawk storyline and they did. And I'm satisfied. Yeah, that's cool. I did like as well. I liked as well when he was initially trying to train with Miyagi-Do how everyone, like all the other students, and even Johnny and Daniel were hard on him because, I mean, they remembered all the bad stuff they had done previously, and he was sad about that stuff. And then later he went and was like helping to make the new floor space, whatever you call it, where they could train or do mm-hmm. the practice fighting. I wish they would have, again, gone more into the idea of people not accepting him back into the fold because they don't truly really believe that he's on the good side yet and so that would have led to him having to prove more of no i'm good now no i am not that dickhead that it was previously i mean i think it's more about proving it to himself that he's not a dickhead anymore i think that's more important well sure but i don't think but he didn't do that is what i'm saying they didn't do that work he just lost his confidence and was sad about it because he lost his hair but it wasn't him thinking like oh wow they were bullies i was sort of doing that work like that wasn't part of the thinking that was going on there was just I'm sad. He has the combination. That was my the conversation with Dimitri where he was like, I was a dick to you, you know, and he talks about that with Dimitri. Sure. But and Dimitri is like, you were my hero. Yes, true. So they do the fucking work. They just don't have enough time because they've got all these other storylines. OK, but only they did significant the enough of the work. It's not the main storyline of the season. It's just that is true, which Hawks I think, again, they'll probably, as you said, they'll use that for. Like Hawk's storyline in the next season. Yeah, Hawk had more storylines, like a major presence in all the other seasons, which is, of course, kind of the point. Like his role as the main bully is done and he's passed. And so he's not going to have this main story, but they're going to slowly wrap up his, you know, storyline of, of trying to figure out himself as he learns both Miyagi Do now. And I'm sure at some point he'll also learn about Eagle Fang. Sure. And so what do you think? Like combine it all. Like how many be the peak evolution of humanity. How many seasons are they going to go with this? Because now we have so Hawk is firmly on the good side now. 
Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, it seems like Robbie is now coming over to the good side. It would be so funny if they just did more swapperoos and Hawk went back to the bad <laughs> side and Robbie came back to the good side, but then Sam went to the bad side. Like it's just it's it's this whole show is just they keep switching every season and they just go back and forth. It seems like Peyton List is probably gonna revolt against Terry Crease in the next season. So who's gonna be the bad guy anymore? That's what I'm saying. Like who's gonna be left to be in Cobra Kai? Like now they have Kenny, a new person joining, but how long is he gonna be there? Because we know he's he's got good in him. So how long is he really gonna be on that bad side especially Bro, Robbie be, tries to gonna be all the it. main characters on the good side and then a bunch of nobodies on the bad <laughs> side that's what they need to do is they need to introduce a new character who is intentionally going to be Cobra Kai in season five like like only Cobra Kai and just stay only in Cobra Kai and be only the bad guy like how Johnny was in Karate Kid and then everybody else has to come to the good side and it's just everybody else versus <laughs> Cobra Kai in the last season bro and that's the all valley number three and then dude the perfect <laughs> conclusion is that Robbie wins, but he he finally wins one of the All Valleys, but he wins under Eagle Fang, dude. That's the perfect resolution. Because <laughs> he lost cool. under Miyagi-Do. He lost under Cobra Kai. He goes and he, he studies under Johnny, and Johnny teaches him Eagle Fang, and he has all three combined, and he wins under Eagle Fang. That's the perfect conclusion of that story. Aren't they all going to be 18, though? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? They make it an All Valley 18 tournament. <laughs> no longer under 18, just 18. Who cares? That would be cool. bro. It's so sad that Robbie lost again, bro. He flipped to the mm-hmm. other team and still lost. That's what I'm saying, dude. He has He's to dreadful. win with his dad. He has yeah. to eagle fang it out. Yeah, he had. I think this was his best season so far because in the earlier seasons, well, so I don't think the actor is that good, but I think he was the best in this season. Yeah. Also, in the his earlier season, has improved greatly. His haircut was terrible was trash it was so terrible it was so now so it's not repulsive you know to look at him and then he had the best storyline this time where he was trying to take on this mentor role of kenny, kenny. so he kenny so he's <laughs> in a way trying to do what johnny never really did for him right he's trying to be this nice mm-hmm. role model for a kid um and then he sees over time how that he's sort of poisoning the kid in a way or not putting enough attention like he still wasn't able to despite all his efforts keep kenny on the right path so he has a little bit more empathy for johnny and for all the efforts johnny was making but was still failing to uh, do in his relationship Mm -hmm. with robbie so i really like how they did it that way um but it's just it's sad because robbie robbie is like a beast especially this season like he's yeah. menacing at times when he does his whole big showdown when they were doing the um the like skills portion of the tournament and he was just going hardcore like he's definitely of all the characters if we we're in the story world robbie would be the best fighter for sure yeah but miguel still beat him bro not gonna lie it that's true happen. when he, he was injured in that first season um but then in this one yeah, well, so was daniel and daniel still won that's true. So I guess Robbie's just shit. Yeah, he wasn't wasn't good enough then. But this time around, I mean, he had all the training of Miyagi-Do and all the training of Cobra Kai, bring them together. And technically, I mean, he would have won against Hawk, but he had hesitated that one time. Mm-hmm. Because of Kenny. Exactly. Which that yeah. moment I also was confused about. Because in the previous fight where he was fighting Kenny, mm-hmm. Midu literally just killed Kenny. 
Like I mean, he I kicked think... him in the nose. Like he would have been done. He would have been destroyed. I would and... arguably say that's kind of the point. It's like he's just doing the competition, and then he beats Kenny, and then he re- that's like his realization point of like I need to stop because he like he's doing it normally, and then he listens to Terry Silver, and who's like put him down. And then he puts him down. And he's like, "Oh, I probably shouldn't be listening to these guys. You know, like this is probably a bad idea. Like, look, look at what I just did. I kicked a ten year old in the face as hard <laughs> as I fucking could, and just right. beat him down." Yeah, but that wasn't really what they played as the realization. It was him going into the locker room and, then, and seeing yeah, Kenny but, beating but him up. Like, it's is adding on to that, like you know, because he watches him walk away and he's like, "Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that." Like so hardcore, and then he goes after him. And goes in the locker room like it's like to tell him, "Hey, are you okay?" And then he sees Kenny like beat up Lapuso, and then he he realizes like, "Oh, everything I'm doing is bad. Cobra Kai is bad. All this hate I have in me shouldn't just be taken out on all these people because it's bad." And so he's fighting Hawk, and he's like, he's like dealing with those mental problems of like, should I take my anger out on him? And Cobra Kai doesn't work unless you are taking your anger out on the enemy. You know, that's that's the whole basis of cobra kai no mercy and he was showing mercy and so he lost that is true that is that is the book of it bro indeed and i just thought it was odd to i don't know if you're in the heat of the battle and you straight up just kick in this kid that you're mentoring i feel like i don't know i feel like you'd be able to put that aside when you're in the championship this thing that you've been working toward your whole time and all you have to do is literally tap a dude in the chest in order to win but whatever uh, I did like, though, that he went to reconcile with Johnny at the end of it. Yeah, that and that was, was a good scene. Like, that's how you know the kid's acting has, in mm-hmm. fact, improved. For sure. Because that hit. I was like, oh, God. And he was saying those things like, yeah, I don't want to keep blaming you, Dad. I want to keep taking this hate out on everyone. I'm exhausted from it. And then Johnny brings him into a hug and embrace. And he's like, we'll figure this out. Bro, I, I need him, by the end of it, I need him to be father and son again, bro. It's been such a long time coming. I know. That would be great. A great little ending to it. So Robbie that was a good storyline. Um, and since we were on it, Kenny he, and Anthony LaRusso, also known as LaPusso. <laughs> what did you think of that storyline? I was okay. It wasn't my favorite. It was definitely just like they're doing it all over again. You know, you've got a kid. He's being bullied. He goes and learns karate. Like, they're just doing the formula all over again. But it's just, you know, it's different because this time he goes to Cobra Kai. But, like, it's the same. Right. I do like that fact, though, that we see Kenny as clearly this good kid. And then he gets bullied and he goes to Cobra Kai. It's He's literally Daniel in Karate Kid if Cobra Kai just didn't have Johnny. Because this is what Daniel would have become. So I think it's interesting that they play that up and showcase. Uh, yeah, I mean, a good kid and bullied and pushed to it and get sucked into the wrong dojo with the wrong philosophy can become that vicious bully by the end of it mm-hmm. um, so i like the way that they did that uh, if they were gonna have to repeat the cycle i'm glad that they approached it that way and it was also additionally interesting that it was a larusso who was full-on being the bully and that he <laughs> he just didn't know any karate and then didn't try to learn any karate so he's being a bully without having anything to back it up and just gets absolutely smacked in the end. Schmacked. So next season, we'll have to see if he tries to learn karate through Miyagi-Do or Eagle Fang and then tries to, well, I guess technically those dojos would be out 
Maybe he joins one of the other locations of Cobra Kai. <laughs> be funny. That's funny. Um, so yeah, that was. I mean, it was alright. They're new characters. I do think it's funny that they made Anthony an actual character after being just a random, yeah, uh, he was spoiled barely. kid in the beginning seasons, and then now he's actually doing some work. I do. Funny. I will say with Anthony, I like. <clears throat> the part, one of the parts I like most about this was Johnny learning, uh, Miyagi Do and Daniel learning Eagle Fang. And, so good. And then they both use it just in their everyday life. Like Johnny's being beat up by Terry Crease and he uses Miyagi Do to try and defend himself. And it works for the most part until Terry Crease just, you know, fucking kicks him so hard he falls into a bunch of wood that's just there. Yeah. Just beats him up. And then, uh, Daniel gets frustrated with Anthony Lapusso and then just takes his device and just breaks it in half and goes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was so good. That also is one of the great parts of it. Cause you finally see them learning the other person's philosophy and Johnny. I mean, we see he does take some of that to heart, but for the most part, he was like, ah, that, I'm not really down with that. But when we see Daniel training, we see him get amped up by it, like that whole '80s montage that they did. Yeah, it's great. And then him afterwards fighting the hockey team with Johnny egging them on the whole night, and then Daniel finally has to fight them mm-hmm. using. Oh, some... dude, I love that when he comes back and he goes, "Mino, there." <laughs> yeah, that that whole bit, fantastic stuff. And we'll talk a bit more about their whole. I mean, them getting close, breaking apart, and then coming together at the end, because that was truly the best part of the storyline for me. Um, for sure. But the other, one of the weaker ones I felt like was the Terry Silver Crease storyline. I like where I it, it ended good. up. I thought yeah. that was just a great turn of events. Um, but for the most part, I know I'm trying to see like what they're trying to do here with Crease. Like they're kind of trying to rehabilitate him in a way, but then they're also. Not really, because he's still trying to exert all this power over Cobra Kai, like trying to keep Silver in check, trying to bring him into the the fold by manipulating him and guilt tripping him and all that. Mm-hmm. But there's like different ways where he he is trying to reinforce the core ideals of the Cobra Kai with some of the students, but then he also stops Silver from attacking Johnny, mm-hmm. and then in the end encourages Tori not to cheat unlike what he did in the original Karate Kid tournament. So he's like kind of doing good things, and you can see they're connected to Johnny, which is vocalized as his weakness and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what exactly are they trying to do here? Because if he's doing all this for Johnny, maybe, sure, but you're also like antagonizing Johnny's kids and using Johnny's own flesh and blood son in order to help you do that. How it's only it's kind of messed up my show boy. love i guess it but is I'm all like, for johnny like i believe the idea of he's doing everything that he he thinks will work to get johnny to rejoin cobra kai like i fully believe that like that's what he thinks will work even though it fucking won't and then i think he's gonna have some moments of clarity while he's in prison <laughs> and i don't think i don't believe that he's gonna end up being like one of the good guys because that would just be stupid yeah, like, I just, he just can't think the they... team and then it's everybody against Terry Silver. I don't believe that. I think John Kreese will just sort of fade away. Like he fade will just, away. I think he will just be like, 
he'll learn more about himself and Johnny. And I think he'll have a, maybe like a moment with Johnny where maybe like, he won't like say, I'm sorry, but it'll be like an unapologetic sort of conversation. And then he'll just leave. And then fade away. And then it'll just be everybody versus Terry Silver. Huh. I don't know if I'd particularly. I would see, I, I could imagine like it's everybody versus Terry Silver, but he's not on the side of Johnny and Daniel. Like he's not working with them. He's working on his own, but he's also trying to take down Terry Silver because he's pissed. Right. He's trying to get vengeance. Eventually. I think it would be interesting if John Grease and Terry Silver sort of took each other down. Just because of Cobra Kai, no mercy, vengeance, and they wow. just they just kind of eat each other alive. The snake eating its own tail, mm-hmm. incredible. That I could buy, and I would be down for. I just don't know how much they're fighting health. on top of a volcano, and then John Grease <laughs> grabs him and he says, "This is for Johnny," and he pulls them both into the volcano. Dude, that's the only way you could end it, dude. That'd be so good. That'd be amazing if somehow it built up to that. Oh, Grease! What does a way it. for John Grease to go. He does a Grease kick. Uh, a crane kick into Terry, and then they both. Oh, fly that'd out. be amazing, dude! They're on the volcano, and he just starts to go <laughs> into the crane kick. And Terry Silver's like, "What are you doing?" And he kicks him, and then Terry Silver grabs his leg, and they both fall into the volcano. But then Miyagi, and then he, as he's falling, and he's screaming, "Johnny!" And then he dies. Oh, you see a hands come out and catch them both, and it's Miyagi. And then he's he actually 120 he's like, years. Be <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. He came back just to say he, he grabs his hand and then he honks his nose and drops him in the volcano. <laughs> Amazing. Get us on the show. Get us on the writer's room. That's what I'm saying. I, I would love it if it's just went balls to the wall and built up to <laughs> yeah. a volcano fight between Terry Crease or Terry Silver and John Grease. I think that'd be amazing. That would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, so for the most part, that storyline I wasn't too big on. But I do like how they frame Silver as this guy who's just now lost it. Like, he was okay in the beginning, but then getting back into it, now he's just off the deep end. So, that uh, sets up some nice, fun stuff for Season 5. And then the other storyline I want to talk about, Miguel. This one, I liked his, because we get to see him also, like, really reminiscent of Daniel in The Karate Kid. Him feeling sort of inadequate about Sam having all these plans to go to these big, expensive colleges, and he... Won't be able to do that right away. He'll have to go to a smaller community college. And then when he's talking with Daniel, uh, when they have their little outings together, and they're trying to fix up the car and whatnot, they bond over the fact that like Miguel sort of is upset with his mother for just not letting him in on the story about his father. And for, was it, did Miguel, they moved into the valley in the beginning of the show right like they yes. had just moved there that was him moving yeah. there, so yeah. that same this sort of thing good yeah yeah so they moved into this new place which again is what happened with daniel and they didn't know anybody and he was getting bullied right away and so life was tough and so he found that difficult so he's able to share a bond with daniel over that and i love the advice that daniel gave him about um how his mother certainly and he imagines miguel's mother as well they did what they did for their best interests. Like it may not seem like it at that time, may not even still seem like it now, but they're definitely doing it for you. So I loved their bond and then also him teaching them the ways of Miyagi Do. Miguel's taking to that little koi fish thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I thought was great. 
And then the little rift he had with Johnny, in part because of the relationship that he has with his mom, and that also complicates their relationship as student and sensei, um, that all builds up to this crazy effective moment where he, reminiscent of what Daniel was doing with Miyagi when he was drunk, he had to go put him to bed. We see Miguel doing that with Johnny. And then he says, I love you. And Johnny says, I love you too, Robbie. Robbie. Heartbreaking. And the acting. Can I get one more Robbie? Say what? Can I get one more Robbie? Robbie. No, no, like how you're saying it. Robbie. Robbie. Thank you. (laughs) Why? I don't know. I just like the way you're saying it. Robbie. Robbie. All right. That's what I've seen. Cast me in the show. (laughs) Um, So that. They also had, I mean, much better acting than what we did right there. So that was just brutal. Oh, broke my heart to see Miguel's heart breaking at that moment. Because earlier during the prom, Robbie had said some comment about, oh, he's just trying to replace me with you. Like, that's all you are. You're just a stand-in. Michael's like, nah, screw you. But then, boom, it gets confirmed in a way by Drunk Johnny, even though that's not what he meant. He loves you, Miguel. But alas... He said the wrong phrase and that just again throws Miguel off his game to where in the tournament where Johnny's really trying to encourage him even after when he gets re-injured, which is crazy by the way. I was like, how are they going to do this? Because I mean, having Miguel versus Hawk, I was wondering if they were going to do a Miguel versus Robbie in the end. And I was like, no, they kind of got to protect Miguel. Like they can't have him just straight out lose to Robbie. But they also built in an explanation for it with the whole prom thing and getting thrown out their game. But I like the way that they brought back the injury. And it was also, again, like very temporary. Like he just, he pulled something. Yeah. He, like, and so it wasn't like too serious. Feeling good, yeah. But they definitely framed it at that point. Like we just re-broke something. Yeah, he like, he like twisted me and he went, ah, <laughs> ah. And then I was like, oh my God, did he break? Is he paralyzed again? And then it cuts to like, and then the next episode, he's just in the room. And they're like, yeah, you just pulled a couple muscles. Yeah. It might be okay. Just, you know, feel out the pain, see if you want to go back out there. And he's like, okay. Well, like they, he was really like screaming like he was dying. Dude. I know. Like screaming at the end for Sensei. It made it seem way worse than it was. But I like that they did that. And then that he ended up deciding not to return, which was also done pretty well. Like having the, them do the countdown and then you know he's not coming back. That was really well done because it's, Again, playing off what happened in the original Karate Kid where he was injured and he did have to do it for himself. Like He was like, yeah, I got to show it to the bullies that I'm able to stand up to them in this way. But also, I'm not going to be able to live with myself if I don't go out there and do this and show myself that I can do it. But Miguel, he wasn't in this tournament for him anymore. He was just doing it for Johnny and for the other people and this, this, and that. So he, his heart wasn't in it. And so he left. And then he went to go find his dad in Mexico who doesn't know that he exists, but somehow <laughs> his dad's going to be a big karate champion or something. No, no, no. He's going to be a luchador and it's going to rip oh, off. Oh, you're scrubs. right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's insane. Miguel. Wow. Sholo. It's insane. It's <laughs> it all connects. Oh, <laughs> uh, how, how upset would you be? If they, <laughs> they just ripped off your script. I would be it, the entire um, storyline of season five is just your <laughs> script of him trying to be like trying to be like his dad and be a Mexican wrestler. He has a family and a child. 
he gets really into drugs and steroids. <laughs> it just go. It just has nothing to do with the Karate Kid. It's just the Miguel story now. <laughs> no other characters in it. Yeah, Johnny, it's Daniel. Just, it's just at the very end. Johnny shows up and he's like, "Miguel, leave your family. We need you in the valley." And then he leaves, and then <laughs> he leaves his kid. <laughs> Be horrible. <laughs> He says goodbye, son. I gotta go fight karate. Stream <laughs> <laughs> uh, season five, they did. <laughs> then they all brought it back. Just one weird one-off <laughs> departure into Mexico. Um, but yeah, that'll be a pretty interesting season. How they're gonna take that, and then how Johnny's gonna get involved as well. Um, because yeah, it'll be a new development to that whole father-son dynamic that he has to try to balance with robbie and miguel and yeah. he's never able to make it good at the same time and now it's good with robbie but if he leaves to go to mexico to find miguel <laughs> but he should bring robbie with him that'd be like yeah that'd be great dude he's like robbie you want to go to road trips to, to mexico and robbie's like yeah he's like great we're gonna go get miguel because <laughs> what's robbie doing he's kicked out of school he just lost a tournament again miguel has a girlfriend in mexico and robbie steals her <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Bro, Sam as well. What's she going to do? She loses as well, but then she also finds Bro. out, oh, great, Miguel's gone. Johnny takes Sam and Robbie to go to Miguel. <laughs> it's just a road trip season. It should be a road trip. That'd be and amazing. And there's no other storylines in the season at all. They just take a break and it's just a road trip <laughs> for those three characters to go get Miguel. That'd be great. You'd have to have Daniel. You could and honestly do like the first three episodes of that and then just come back to the valley and do the rest of the story. And I, that'd be great. It would be. How'd they get. I mean, I guess Miguel can't stay there for too long in Mexico, especially if the father ends up not knowing who Miguel is and he maybe rejects him, doesn't want him. And then Johnny, then he sees the importance of Johnny and like how much Johnny does care, especially if he comes all the way down there. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, I'm interested to see if they do try to incorporate any karate or similar elements into the Mexico storyline or if we're just going to have them no karate down there, no fights. Which is them going trying to bring Miguel back. That'd also be pretty interesting as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am okay. excited for season five. I am. They left us off on a lot of cliffhangers for a lot of the storylines. We've got Tori grappling with the fact that she won a tournament by cheating. We've got uh, Miguel often lost, and Rob or uh, Johnny has to go find him. Johnny is now reconnecting with Robbie, so maybe we'll get some of that. Johnny and Daniel. Maybe working together again, but we know Daniel will be working with Chosen, which would be awesome. Which, uh, yeah, for that part, I don't know. I'm sure they're going to come up with an interesting explanation for it. But could you imagine just put yourself into Chosen's shoes? He's really going to come all the way over to California, which he had never been to before. I mean, right? In Credit Kid 2, we haven't mm -hmm. seen it. But, I mean, that took place in Okinawa, right? So why would he come all the way over there to help Daniel fight off Cobra Kai students when Chosen never really dealt with I mean, it's Cobra for Mr. Kai Miyagi, people. bro. He respects Mr. Miyagi. I mean, I guess, but I'm like really... They're about this... to trample over the the memory of Mr. Miyagi by getting rid of Miyagi though, bro. I'm sure they'll explain. I'm sure they will, but I just oh. think it's funny to be like, yes, in the twilight of my life I will go over and help this man in a battle for the soul of the valley. It's funny. I thought it should have been um, 
Like a big crazy surprise would have been if they brought Hillary Swank in at that point, which she also would have to explain <laughs> away. But that would be hilarious if it was just her. the other Miyagi student. Oh, yeah, that'd be, that would be funny. They should bring her in at some point. That that would be hilarious. I mean, nobody likes Karate Kid Four, and it has nothing to do with Daniel. It's literally just Mr. Miyagi. But that would have been funny. I mean, if if Daniel is so in touch with Mr. Miyagi and he like stays in touch with him, he has to know Hillary Swank's character. That's true. But they could also. Like that, they could mine that for drama as well. Like he finds out, oh, I wasn't Miyagi's only student. There's another one, and then he has mm-hmm. to deal with the fact of, oh, maybe she's just as good or got. I think he knows all those lessons from. I think it should be like Miyagi. he knows of her, but he never like knew her, and then they like have to learn together. But like thinking about it, it does make a lot of sense because Hilary Swank is doing nothing now, and this is a very popular TV show. This would be a good career. She should be jumping her. on it. Yeah, yeah, I would be jumping on it. That would be a great cliffhanger for season five is hillary swank coming back for season six that would be i don't know i'm sure they'll well maybe if they get like chosen in on it and then they get hillary swank like they bring together the karate avengers essentially that would be funny they should bring they should get jaden smith in there oh my god <laughs> they should bring him in at some point jackie chan comes in they should open they open a kung fu Instead of a karate dojo, they open a kung fu dojo. I still think it's so stupid that it was the karate kid and not the kung fu kid. It mean, it could have like I don't know why they didn't do it. Just say the kung fu kid because everyone already knows what you're playing off of. But then, and it would then actually it be made, kung fu, uh, so which is what you were doing. <laughs> I just don't get it. If but, they bring back Hillary Swank, dude, then they got to bring back whoever the villain was from that movie. I don't know. I never saw it, but they got to bring him back. Yeah, they're talking about bringing back Mike Barnes, who was the kid in Karate Kid Three. Yeah, he was the Cobra Kai person that he had a face, nice. which would be interesting. I'm sure they will. It's amazing that they've been able to bring back all the like original cast members so far and do it in a good way. Like having Ali when she mm-hmm. came back, that was really well done. And it was brief; like she didn't just come back in and stay forever. Like she came in and went out. Um, but yeah, with Johnny and Daniel, I guess they will not be working directly together because they'll be dealing with the Miguel stuff, and so now Daniel will be teaming up with chosen in order to fight back um but i still think that's interesting what do you think of their fight in the middle of the season johnny and daniel um uh yeah i thought it was good i like the way that they end where they just beat each other <laughs> yeah i like that too i knew they were because i was like there's no way they're gonna pick one or the other to win and if they did it's because I, it's it would have to be johnny but i was like no there's no way they're gonna do that so they're gonna have to have some way to beat each other at the same time so i like that they did that and then they had the instant replay he's like check the other cameras there was no other camera (laughs) dude there was in the very end of the last episode when uh miguel's mother runs up and she's like he's gone he took an uber and then he goes what's an uber it made spencer (laughs) laugh so hard because it was just so unexpected but it was perfect he literally could not stop laughing that's funny delivery was perfect what's an uber yeah, for me, the um, dude, I love so much the little Twitter, drunken Twitter rant that Johnny did. <laughs> that and he only has like everyone. two followers. <laughs> yeah. And then his other one was from 2018, like way back when. It was his first text or his first tweet. And it was like, did this thing go out? Is this working? It's so funny. So I love that. And he brought back the little hash brown gag uh, instead of hashtag. I also loved the way that they, when they were building it up and then they were both training for it. They're bringing in flashbacks from Karate Kid, and they used one of the scenes that was deleted from the original, which was the whole pie thing. 
and you got to see it from one perspective from Johnny's where it was Daniel rubbing the pie into his shirt. And then when Daniel was raining, you saw it from his perspective when Johnny put the pie underneath him when he sat down. I love that as well because it's showing how each of them, especially so far from their high school years, mm-hmm. truly are seeing themselves as the one that was wronged by the other guy. And yeah. he's just a dick. And I was the guy that was just getting attacked for no reason. This dude just came out of nowhere, stole my girlfriend, punched me in the nose while I was on the beach. <laughs> what an asshole. Right. So I love that they did that as well. Um, and then I love the way that they built up because in the very early episodes, you thought they were going to break up. And again, like they were parents about to divorce, but they had to stay together for the kids. So they ended up not. But then it got to a point where they just couldn't. And then they broke away and it was difficult for like Miguel who wanted to go with uh, like still wanted to train with Daniel and Miyagi-Do. And Sam was now all up about Eagle Fang's teachings, mm-hmm. which I felt they also should have emphasized more. Because the one thing they did more. was her jumping across the like the roofs. And I was yeah. like, that's a terrible idea. That's so stupid. It doesn't help with karate. I don't know why that was what they chose to do. As, well, I mean, he also threw the them thing. in a cement mixer, to be fair. That's true. But I mean... His teachings are very unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, we say that. Yes. But when Daniel was saying, like, don't do anything I wouldn't do, and then we're supposed to see this as like, oh, yeah, she's breaking out the mold and trying something new. I'm like, no, do not jump across a roof when there's only one mattress underneath you to catch you. <laughs> like, says, this is crazy. What if we fall? <laughs> Aim for the mattresses. <laughs> like, this is nuts. So anyway, so she was, like, all up on the Cobra Kai's teachings. And I kind of like the way that they showed her as being a bully in this one. I thought it was crazy. She goes to meet her old best friend. I forget what her name was, but from one of the earlier seasons. Yeah. And then... Because she wasn't in season three. Yeah. And she tells her, she tells Sam that, yeah, I struck first in reaching out and being friends with this person that would have been my bully. Like, this is a great lesson to to have. And then Sam, the next scene, immediately just threatens Tori. She's like, after you're she right. I should strike first and bully this girl. <laughs> I was like, wow. What a good lesson crazy. to learn. So I don't know what they're going to do with her, if they're going to, like, in defeat, have her go even more off the deep end. But the way that they ended it in the tournament, they had Johnny and Daniel team up together. Mm-hmm. And they had Daniel essentially, like, he was still fighting back against his kids using the Cobra Kai or Eagle Fang. But then he ultimately was like, use what you got to do, like, find balance between those two things, um, like telling that to Sam which I thought was great. I also loved when he reached out to the announcer and corrected him that Johnny is also a two-time All-Valley champion. Yeah, That was great. So they're definitely in a good place now, teaming up. And it was also, I kind of wish they didn't do it <laughs> at that point, though, because I wanted Sam to win because it would be Johnny and Daniel winning together. But also, throughout the whole season, I was like, Tori kind of needs to win this one. Because we yeah. see more of her backstory and through Amanda as well, getting to see how they were similar. And Amanda is able to understand that Tori mm-hmm. is just having a really difficult life. And yes, she's acting out in ways that are unacceptable. But if she can be helped, which it seems like she can be, that's what they should do. They shouldn't keep tormenting her or punishing her. Like They should try to help her. So I like that they did that. And ultimately, I was like, yeah, Tori should win against Sam for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's also how I was feeling with Robbie. I was like, well, they can't have Robbie win or else that would have spoiled like the 
Tory Sam fight. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. So I was like, Robbie has to lose. I was like, that's also that's what so I was doing. And, and then, but then I was like, yeah, Hawk's gonna win, bro. <laughs> Hawk's gonna win. But then I was glad about like, that. I was glad because Robbie should win the third one. I'm I'm all for Robbie winning under Johnny's tutelage. Like, I think that would be awesome. That would be great. And they would. I think they are gonna do like just one more tournament. But it would have to be, I don't know, the All Valley 18 or over 18 or whatever. Whatever they, had, whatever they have to do to make it work. But I think that would be critical to have him finally win an official tournament. But it's with Johnny on his side. Bro, I can't believe I forgot about Hillary Swank, dude. They got to bring her back. They really do need to. It would be so awesome. That would be Just great. literally bring everybody back. She's so cool. Yeah. Um... But yeah. it was like every season they do reintroduce the idea of a new character coming back. They've done that every season. And I was wondering who was going to be this season. It was chosen who we had already been reintroduced to. And I was back and forth on it because I'm like, yeah, he's going to be in it more regularly now. But we also already got to see him again. But at the same time, if they had just like done a shot of him, I'd be like, whoa, I have no idea who that is. If they had not already reintroduced him, I, just, I would have no idea who that was. Right. But also. Uh, at the same time, you know, Daniel would not have reached out to him had they not had that reconnection. Like that, that would not make sense story wise because he also, really tried to kill Daniel. <laughs> yes, very, it was to the death. Very valuable. Yeah, I am excited for season five. Hopefully, it will be not too long of a wait because they already filmed it. They already had it done. So That's hopefully, crazy. later this year, uh, we will get to see. Season five. But yeah, it's incredible that this show, again, like this random continuation of an 80s franchise is so good. And in its fourth season, is still so good. It's just a yeah. fun, lovely, heartwarming show. I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm having a great time. I think it's, I guess I have to rewatch the first three seasons, but I want to say it's getting better every season, but I have to rewatch them all back to back I know to that's make true. that I, argument. You I know? think season two is better than three. You think so? I kind of yeah. like season three when they when they. Yeah, I kind of like season three parts of it. Season two was very good, though. Season two is definitely better than season one. Yeah. But I also like the original dynamic of season one, like how it was so still grounded in small scale with just like the base characters of it and seeing a lot of Johnny's perspective. Um, so I still really like that one. But I think season mm-hmm. two retained enough of that, but then just amped it up with the fights and the drama and all that jazz. Um, in season three, I mean, it did continue that in a way, but I felt, I don't know, it didn't hit as hard. Like, we had seen those things done previously. So, like, they were just so good originally in mm-hmm. the season two. So I thought, still good, still very good, but I don't think it reached the heights of season two. And then this season, yeah, I don't know where I would place it because I really like a lot of the stuff, like, especially the Johnny Daniel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so better than three for sure. There's just no way for me to judge them unless I do watch them back to back. Because right. that's what made me realize Breaking Bad was that way. Is I watched it back to back and I was like, oh, it's just getting better each season. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find more shows like that. And I think BoJack Horseman is going to hit that for me uh, so far as I'm watching it. I'm thinking, yeah, each season has gotten better. I'm on season four now. Really? We'll do... see how that is. But I do think I remember, I think the favorite one for me is the one where he was in rehab. He was like writing that's a letter. The last one, or is it the fifth one? I think that's the last. I can't one. recall. But Season that one, six. I remember being. I think that's not the last one. Because he's not in rehab by Season Five. I don't think. 
Well, season six is two parts. Remember? Uh, maybe that. So you might be thinking of part one of season six. Maybe it is later in the show. Though. It's definitely like one of the. Yeah, final it's one. either season five or part one of season six. I just but can't remember when he goes to rehab. I remember that I, one. It has to be season six good. because in in season five he like goes on a drug bender and almost chokes that one woman to death, uh-huh. and then that makes him go to rehab. It's because he has that experience, right? And then he's in rehab and he's like doing good, and then he gets the professorship and he's doing great, and then everything starts to get exposed about him, and so he starts to spiral again. Yeah, and then we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see how it is. But so far, as season four, it is getting better each season. But nice. season four is also like one of my favorite seasons. So I don't know if season five can top it from what I remember, but we're going to find that when I watch it. But I remember Ooh. season four being kick fucking ass. Nice. All right. So that is our discussion of Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why you listen to this, but definitely go watch it. And hopefully season five will continue to be as lovely, as good as all these previous seasons. For sure. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxoffishow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. Goodbye. <laughs>